Welcome to the Gazette Net UMass Sports Podcast. I'm Kyle Grabowski, and joining me in the busiest time of the UMass Sports year is Matt Vitor. We've got a loaded show for you this week. Coming up later, we have Fenway Sports Management Vice President of Special Events Fred Olson and UMass Women's Basketball Senior Maggie Mulligan. If uh, all of that interests you and things like UMass Sports interest you and you enjoy this podcast, why not subscribe to us? We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes, we are on Google Play, and you can find us on gazettenet.com. Um, so that brings us to Matt Vitor and Matt, and you're, you're preparing to see UMass football play at Fenway this year. What, what kind of state is UMass in? Because it's been kind of a, a roller coaster few weeks with them. It's been, well, it's been, they've got some momentum coming in, and even after losing at Mississippi State on Saturday, um, they played well in that game, and they, they certainly uh, represented themselves well. And that following two consecutive wins, I think there's still some momentum with this team. Now, there'll be, questions, there'll be some quarterback questions. Um, Mark Whipple saying everything is okay, but both Andrew Ford and Ross Comas have, spent the, have gotten knocked out of the last two games with, um, with some pretty scary-looking hits. So the question is... Um, Will either of those guys be available to play again to play against Maine on Saturday? And I don't know the answer. Uh, so whether certainly if one of those guys can play, uh, UMass looks like a pretty. I, I think I don't want to say comfortable, but they look like a favorite against Maine. If it's <coughs> excuse me, if it's Randall West, uh, it'll it'll be cur- I'll be curious to see how UMass handles it. Well, Randall West is kind of a name that's been kicked around for a couple of years. What's what's his deal? Just in case that UMass has to break glass and go to Randall West. Well, the um, he's been part. He was he was a guy that was recruited by Charlie Molnar a long time ago. Um, had uh, a significant knee injury in in high school that caused him to arrive on campus a little bit later. But uh, he's a guy that has some mobility. Uh, was a very good passer in high school. Has. Really untested, really unknown for the most part at, at UMass. And so be interesting to see um, as they prepare and build a game plan. If he's the guy, it'll be interesting to see j- just uh, how conservative they are with it and, and how much they'll, they'll try to uh, keep, keep him in, in safe situations, uh, keep him throwing the ball short and using a, a lot of run game. And so I, if, if it's him, I, I would imagine that that uh, they won't put him in too many situations where where he has to win the game. He just ha- has to uh, kind of move the offense. Well, and at, at this point, UMass would hope it's in a position where that's all that he would have to do against Maine. But this, it's kind of the the latest chapter in a rivalry that's seen its share of venues. Yeah, I was figuring this out tonight. It appears that that uh, these two teams have played in seven different. Fenway will be the seventh location for them. Um, Including Gillette, McGurk, Alumni Field at UMass, which was where Whitmore is, uh, the, and they used bef- before McGurk, uh, two venues in Orono and Portland, game in Portland, Maine as well. So they've played in a lot of places, but I think none of them as interesting as Fenway. And I'm, I'm, I know for me, I'm, I'm a longtime Red Sox fan and kind of a ballpark nerd. So to see, to get to see a football game at Fenway, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to watching that come together, to, to kind of seeing football with the Green Monster as a, as a backdrop. I, I think that, that has a chance to be a, uh, to, to be a really fun experience. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. So how many different sports is this that you will have seen at Fenway now? I've uh, just, I th- think just three. Um, baseball, 
baseball, hockey, and football. I've wanted to see, this will be the second time that hurling is at Fenway this year, uh, and, and I've wanted to see it each time. I, I have that interesting history of, of paying attention to hurling because uh, I watched hurling uh, at a very fun animated bar. My wife, who's also a sports fan, and I, we were in Galway and saw hurling. Um, Galway playing a, a key game while we were there on our honeymoon. And so uh, I would love to see it, see that at Fenway, but I'll be at UMass Niagara basketball at the time. So just the, uh, just the three, I didn't, I've, didn't make it to the, uh, the big, uh, the ski jumping and, uh, or the, um, the I, I, I think I would try to go if, if there was another soccer game, if Liverpool came back to Fenway, I think, I think I would try to go just to do it. Um, but this, this will be the third, and I think, I think football in Fenway would be pretty interesting. I've seen the old pictures of the Boston Patriots and the Bo- even the Boston Redskins playing at Fenway many years ago, uh, and then obviously the, the BC Notre Dame. So this, this, uh, this should be interesting. I'll be curious to see what kind of crowd they get and what kind of atmosphere it uh, comes together. Well, I'm sure a lot of that came up in your conversation with Fred Olson of Fenway Sports Management, um, well, you know, why did you want to bring him on? Well, I thought he, I thought he could offer an interesting perspective both on what it takes to uh, to put a game together there, and kind of what the future might mean might hold for for football at uh, at Fenway Park. And, and he, he answered a lot of those questions really well. All right, I'm joined by Fred Olson from the Fenway Sport Management Group. Um, Fred, uh, first of all, thanks, thanks for coming on. Um, you pleased with the way everything is uh, going, progressing up to to the games getting started? Yes, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, we are. We're uh, just about in the final stages of converting the field. We should have everything ready to go by, uh, I'd say, Wednesday midday or so. Uh, the final pieces of sod are being added to the warning track right now. The field is almost fully painted, so we're very pleased with the progress. Is that something, is that a, uh, the kind of the, the field transformation, is that kind of something that's, that for general person who doesn't, doesn't know the specifics that go into that, is, is that, is that more complicated than, uh, than people would think? It is, uh, you know, certainly taking a, a baseball field and, and converting it into any other sport, football uh, being one of them in this case, uh, requires a, a lot of attention to detail, and, you know, David Miller, who's our uh, head of our grounds crew, and along with his team, uh, you know, they work tirelessly to make sure that all those details are taken into account. So, you know, what, what that means certainly is when you've got uh, the sod going on the infield, you've got to make sure that the, the mound needs to be removed. <laughs> That's right. obstacle. Uh, but even in this case, you know, we've made our, our bullpen walls retractable this year to add even more uh, run-out area behind the end zone in front of the, front of the bullpen. Uh, you know, that, those are just a couple examples, but it really does take quite a bit of coordination with David and his team and us and, and all told it's about a three week process not working full, full through but uh, but just about three weeks from start to finish. Was there kind of a, a, a time frame sort of set up if if the Red Sox are in the World Series it'll go this way if the Red Sox are not in the World Series it'll go that way? But that's exactly right that's part of that coordination that I was referring to you know we had con- contingency plans in place uh, if the best case were to happen for us unfortunately of course it didn't but uh, but yes we would have uh, we would have expedited everything uh, and been ready to go in just just over a week uh, it would have been so uh, you know in this case we had some more time but uh, certainly if, if we're in this position in the future we would we would uh, plan for that uh, you know, 
limited time of a week or so. Right, that, that makes Is it, um, when you had the Shamrock Series game there, was it something where there was somebody and everybody was kind of taking notes, figuring out this is something, did you know at that point this was something that you were going to, you hoped to do again at, at, at some point and where everybody was kind of making notes of what worked and what didn't work going forward? Yes, we were uh, taking those notes, as you referenced. I think uh, you know, we none of us really knew uh, how how the game was going to go. Of course, you know, Notre Dame football speaks for speaks for itself, and the rivalry against Boston College is a big one. Uh, but none of us had seen football. You know, it was the first football game since 1968 at Fenway. So uh, I think we were all extremely pleased with how it went. Uh, the way that the football field lays out in the ballpark works very well we think for for fans and be able to see see the game and certainly being very close up as as they are even for for baseball of course uh, and, and yes you know our team took took a lot of notes uh, we we asked ourselves you know what would be the next iteration of football for us and you know we decided upon the gridiron series with uh, with new england matchups and and are excited to kick that off this Friday. What's the uh, what? What did you learn from that from that Notre Dame thing that that, that can has almost enhanced the uh, the football experience this time around? Yeah, I think uh, again, you know, the way the field lays out. You know, of course, we have the you know the very unique feature as a couple other ballparks do, where you know the two teams are on the same sidelines. That's something at least that uh, we, we obviously prepare the teams in advance for that and give them that information so they can prepare accordingly. But uh, I think you know again how we how we're uh, pricing the tickets. You know, the sideline seats, uh, even the tickets up high, certainly on the on the first base side are those best seats. So we have a better understanding of exactly which are the best seats. I really don't think there are any uh, you know, bad seats. Some of the seats that are behind the teams on the third base side, they'll have some, a couple of uh, sideline challenges, but they'll, they'll certainly have you know, the video board and other replays that they'll be able to see. So I think for us, once we, once we have these experiences uh, this fall, we have these three college games, we have three high school games as well, uh, we'll continue to tweak and improve, and improve that, uh, that plan for, for not only uh, ticketing and pricing, but certainly you know, customer service, uh, uh, entertainment options. And, and the teams. I mean, I think the teams really talk amongst themselves, as you can imagine. You know, right. uh, Coach uh, Coach Kelly from Notre Dame. I know he fielded phone calls from some of the coaches coming in here this fall. Uh, so it's uh, you know it's certainly a fraternity of coaches that can speak to each other and get a, get a sense as to how how they enjoyed it. And, and, and by all accounts, uh, Coach Adazio and Coach Kelly back in 2015 had a, had a great experience. The teams had a great experience. So we're hoping they'll see the same in the next few weeks. Are you, um, you, have you, do you have a feel for how, in the future, how often you'd like to, how often you'd like to do this? You've had the, the hockey kind of on an every other year basis for the most part now. Is, is, is this something that you'd like to have as, as kind of on, on a rotation of sorts? We started to think about that, uh, certainly, uh, again, because football does schedule so far out. And that, that's a major factor for us. And, you know, we, we are considering games in the future and have has the thoughts, uh, you know, on a, on a one, two, three, or five-year plan, if you will. Uh, so it's something we, we definitely would like to continue. Uh, you know, we've seen a good response from the fans for these games and, uh, and the support of these programs. In New England, and we're we're definitely not opposed to bringing in programs from around the country as well, uh, and continuing this because because I think that's you know one of the big takeaways again from 2015 is that um, you know the sport plays where very well here sets up very well, um, 
and it makes sense because it goes back to the beginning of the ballpark, right? Nineteen twelve. It's. I think there was something in mind. I, I've said this a couple of times. I think that the that the owners and, and the folks that originally built this ballpark had, had an idea that football would be uh, would be a hit here. Yeah, you wouldn't think looking looking at it that Fenway was originally meant to be a multi-purpose ballpark, but a multi-purpose facility. But but it it was at at that point, and I'm I'm looking on at um at the Fenway Gridiron Series website right now, and at the, the 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 it does lay out pretty naturally in the uh, in the, uh, from from the uh, from the home plate to right out to right field where the bullpen is. It, it does seem like exactly. that, that that that'll that that will fit pretty well. Um, what what makes it so for you guys to to walk away from this to consider it a success? What what has to happen? What what's the, is there a is there a a ticket number you'd like to see from the from the different games and or total? What uh, putting this together? What what makes this feel like a success on your end? Yes, I mean there are the the operational considerations and the and of course the financial considerations and, and taking operations first. Uh, you know that is our our, our primary primary objective. Um, you know, we want to be authentic in everything that we do here, as far as special events go. Again, you know, baseball is always going to be our core business, but the special events that we brought in over the last uh, five to seven years or so, um, you know, our our primary objective is to make sure that. That again, that the, the coaches and players, uh, officials, everyone associated with the, the playing of the game itself uh, have that experience. And they're within Fenway, within a ballpark, but it's just another football venue for them for, for that day or night. Um, that, that's point number one. So we're going to be focusing heavily on that over the next two weeks. Uh, as far as the financial considerations go and, and fans, uh, coming to these games, yes, we, we definitely set targets for each game. Uh, I can say we're you know we're well on our way to our targets for for this for this uh, series of games, uh, and, and it's giving us that encouragement to start to look forward. Um, you know, and I think you know we we consider uh, all those metrics um, very heavily as we go into our planning and, and follow along very closely. And it's a part of the reason why, as you mentioned, with Frozen Fenway, that we tend not to bring events back. Uh, too regularly uh, we want to make sure that they're fresh uh, we try to bring in different teams as much as we can to bring different fan bases to the ballpark so i think you know those are again operationally and financial considerations that we uh, that we do feel like so far we're on track for success for grand series and we'll see how that plays out uh, between now and november 22nd i think it's the last day of high school games so for this one, you ha- for this one you had to kind of work within games that were already scheduled. Can you now let's, let's go to? I'll just use as an example UNH because they haven't been part of it, and and you have personal connections there. Uh, could you look at them and say, okay, um, we'd like to to have you play a November game at at Fenway um, in in two thousand you know, well, twenty five and. Uh, is it is it something you could say? Would you be interested in playing against X Y Z opponent in that in that scenario? Could you, would, could you become part of the scheduling process at least a little bit at, at that point? Be, be, um, if you had enough lead time. Yes, yes, and that is that is what we're starting to consider uh, exactly. Uh, whether it's UNH, yes, my alma mater, would love to see them play here someday. Uh, but uh, quite frankly, any program uh, throughout the country and. And that's what we've become more well-versed in over this past year period uh, ever since the Notre Dame game. And, and even going into that, we, we discussed college football here for, for quite a few years and were able to start or, or, or restart that tradition in 2015. And 
Uh, and yes, we definitely look forward to having sport here for several years to come. I spoke to um, I spoke to Sam Kennedy in September, and he said that um, that you guys have, uh, have looked in as the possibility of a of a bowl game there somewhere down the line. Um, is that kind of ongoing? And, and what uh, what kind of would be the what would you need to feel was in place for for that to be uh, to be the uh, a step in the future? Yeah, I mean given given the multitude of bowl games that are out there. It's certainly no secret. Obviously, the Yankees have one in the Yankee Stadium. They've hosted it ever since, uh, ever since the new Yankee Stadium was opened in 2009. So, well, I think we understand that there's a long lead time, if that's something that we're going to, to take on uh, take on as far as a challenge for our organization. Uh, you know, there are no immediate plans for a bowl game. And I right. think that's definitely uh, you know, a function of how many there are out there right now. Uh, we feel like there's Perhaps a little bit of watering down of of, uh, of the number of games, and and we'll see how things play out. You know, I think that's that's definitely part of our, you know, part of our thinking. We're discussing everything we possibly can as far as college football goes. Um, uh, you know, and I wouldn't say there's any, any specific factor that would lead to us uh, being interested in hosting a whole game. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, we're going to think about this year. We're going to think about the next couple of years and see. Uh, see how things play out. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to to watch. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're well aware of the uh, never-ending conference realignment. Uh, right, sure. Go as far as teams go. So I think that'll that'll play into it for sure. For, now you've had you've had soccer, you've had football, you've had hockey on on a few occasions. You've had uh, you've had hurling, and for anyone listening to this, I've I've seen hurling in in Ireland. It's it's certainly worth check, checking out. Um, but is there uh you you had the the skiing event the the uh the 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 some some running in, events inside is there uh is there's something else that's in the works is there some other sports that uh something you can you can talk about hint at with that that's uh, some coming somewhere down the line uh, well i can say we we definitely leave uh nothing nothing to chance i mean in terms of considering any sport um I think we've done it, just about everything. Uh, you know, we've, we've had discussions in the past several months about uh, things such as cricket, uh, rugby, uh, you know, all, all, all sorts of different types of sports. There's, you know, there's nothing imminent, nothing that I can share openly right now, but, uh, you know, we, we're definitely open to considering uh, other sports at this venue. You know, it's, it's absolutely our ownership, uh, John Henry and Tom Warner, and then I mentioned speaking to Sam Kennedy, our president and CEO. Uh, it's definitely our goal to make Fenway a, a destination for, for sports and entertainment, and, and we've done a pretty good job of that so far, uh, but we could certainly do more, and I think that that, uh, that plays into your question and what we're considering. Uh, I think the Big Air event, the snowboard jumping, was definitely a, a great experience for us. It pushed us to the limit, <laughs> quite literally, in terms of how, how, how high or how big can we bring in uh, as far as the structure goes. Um, but, uh, you know, we pride ourselves, just to, just to finish up, we pride ourselves on, again, that authenticity and making sure that we've got something that's going to be a great experience for the participants. Uh, but, again, we need that support, of course, from from fans uh, and, and those uh, interested in those sports to make sure that they see something worthwhile and want to come to the ballpark to see uh, whatever sport or event that may be. 
Yeah, that, that was fair. the Foo Fighters coming as well. You guys certainly have a uh, a diverse collection of uh, things uh, on your resume and still still to come, so to, so to speak. So anyone listening, there's a ticket. You can buy tickets right on the uh, the Fen- the Fenway site. Go get to it from RedSox.com. There's links to to seats for for regular UMass fans, for students, for uh, people in in the military, people connected to the UMass band. Um, there's plenty of options, and it's one of several games that'll be that'll be played in Fenway over the over the next month. So, Fred, thank you very much for uh, for for joining me, and um, good luck with it. And I, I guess I'll see you on Saturday. That sounds great, Matt. Thanks so much. And yes, I did obviously want to touch upon the fact that it's going to be Veterans Day, so we're you know, we're, we're we're thrilled to be celebrating the game here that day with everybody, UMass and Maine, and uh, should be a, should be a special afternoon. Great. Thanks a lot, Fred. Thanks, Matt. And that game will be Saturday at 4 at Fenway Park in Boston. Um, Tickets are available if anyone's interested through the, uh, through the uh, Red Sox site. There's, a, there's links to, uh, to Fen- Red Sox site and UMass bo- uh, both have, have links to the Fenway Gridiron series. Well, and the day before that, back in Amherst, the UMass men's basketball team will kick off its season Friday against Lowell. You, Matt, you got to see them play the exhibition against Springfield College. What was, did that give you a clear idea of what this team might look like under McCall? Not entirely. I, you saw certainly saw some things with it. Um, Rashawn Holloway and Carl Pierre both didn't play in the in in that game, um, and both those guys, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see how he uses. Holloway um, is, you know, is is the ultimate traditional center. Uh, he figures to be a focal point for UMass. He'll draw double teams, and, and what he does against those double teams, or what they, uh, what the rest of the team does with the openings that they create, I think will 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 go a long way. Pierre is probably uh, the most natural shooter that the program has, and so. Uh, I, I think what he does could, can be important as well. How quickly he develops, I'm, I'm certainly not counting on him. To, wouldn't be counting on him to be a uh, to be a huge factor as a freshman. He's going to play a lot of minutes. UMass is not deep, and especially in the backcourt, Carl Pierre is going to get a chance to contribute quite a bit. So I'll be interested to see how that comes together. But I, I, I like the way they improved from the first half to the second half. I like the way uh, I like what they did defensively in a lot of situations. I thought that. Uh, Chris Baldwin, Malik Hines, both did a good job of guarding guys considerably smaller than them when they had to, which is going to be something they'll both have to do this year. But um, I, I don't know exactly what to uh, take from that Springfield game other than the team got better as the, as the game went on. And uh, I liked Kalia Turner-Morris, the other freshman who's going to play, and I liked Unique McLean. I think uh, Unique McLean, um, they've, they've kind of got him to buy in on using his immense athleticism to be a defensive stopper, and I think that it'll be interesting to see how he evolves in that role. Um, so, I think I think realistically, UMass going to have to if they're going to have some success, they're going to have to do it with some smoke and mirrors this year. They just don't have enough bodies, they don't have enough outside shooting, and enough natural scores. So, from night to night, if they can put a game plan to, together to to be successful and competitive, I, I think um, I think. They should be better down the road. Most of this team returns. The only um, only senior now is C.J. Anderson. They've got four transfers sitting out. Uh, two guys that, by the time a lot of people will have be hearing this podcast, will will have signed already in um, in Trey Wood and Samba Diallo. 
Um, so I, I think uh, I think there's some I think there's some interesting things going forward. Well, one of the primary reasons that they would have any kind of optimism or anchors would be Holloway, and a lot of that depends on the health of his wrist, thumb, thumb, his, his I, somewhere in the hand yes. region. Had, is the, given that, do you have have you gotten any idea of when he's going? He's going to play. He uh, he returned to practice. Uh, at the end of last week, he in theory could have played in the exhibition game. They chose not to push it. He, but he, uh, how how much he'll play or how, what sort of shape he'll be in on Friday night uh, remains to be seen. But he's he will play. Uh, UMass should have, barring something new, um, they should have everybody that is going to play in games for them this year should be available to to, to play on Friday night. Well, that, that Friday night game against Lowell is actually the second half of a doubleheader with the women's team who is opening their season against Maine Fort Kent. Uh, Matt, what's, you actually got to see a couple of these UMass women's basketball preseason games, and what, what's been your impression of that squad? Yeah, so this far? is the peak of my women's basketball knowledge, just because I, I, I don't see them a lot during the year because their schedule is usually opposite the men's, and I'm usually at with the men's. Um, I've never there. They have a newcomer whose name is Henesis Rivera. Uh, her name is spelled. You you look at it and think Genesis, but she's she's Venezuelan, and uh, I don't know just what to make of either Kutztown or Flagler College. But she was impressive against both of them. She had double doubles in in both games. She's a junior college transfer. Uh, I think she'll help UMass a lot because UMass relied so much on Mulligan in the middle last year. Maggie Mulligan in the middle last year. Haley Lydell on the perimeter, and uh, and didn't have a, a lot else that they could rely on scoring wise. Now uh, Rivera gives them gives them another player that, that could really make an, an impact. They, they have a freshman named Bree Hampton Bay. They're excited about. They have a point guard um, who become eligible in the in the uh, at in the, at mid season. So there's a lot. They're kind of. Where they are right now is, I think, where the the men are could be a year from now. They, they 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 went from having no depth to having you know having some. They'll be inexperienced, but have more talent and and an opportunity for them to take a uh, another step forward. Well, that was one of the fascinating things looking at some of their box scores last year, because they probably had only five or six healthy players, and it just seemed like it, you might have squeezed a few more wins out of that just by having a couple warm bodies to get get your front line some rest um so we we you taught you spoke with maggie mulligan um what's um what can people look forward to about that conversation she's i mean she's certainly excited and she, about uh about her her senior year and and i, I think i think she's taken a um a really good approach for a while now that, about this about being the foundation of umass's future that 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 the, the, the team a year ago um, really is was that, and so the, I think the the question is just how big a step can they take forward? Can they take forward this year? Um, she really she was one of the more improved players in all of college basketball last year. With uh, really be she was a double double machine, and I think uh, she has a chance to to do something similar again again this year with with better players around her. And, and so uh, she was certainly uh, excited to get going. Uh, we spoke, I spoke to her before the two exhibition games. That's wor- worth noting when you, when you hear what, what, uh, what she has to say, but, but she's certainly um, optimistic about where things are going. Well, joined by UMass senior Maggie Mulligan heading into uh, 
women's basketball season right around the corner. Because first of all, you excited to get going. I'm so excited! I can't wait. Is it? Is it feel different this year with with a much more full roster and everything? Uh, it... Yeah, it feels a lot different. I think there's a lot of there's so much more team camaraderie. Everyone gets along really well, and everyone wants to be here. So that's what we like to see. How much? Uh, how much did last year kind of steal the group? Steal S T E E L. <laughs> get to kind of. Having that small group together and having to bond and having to do so much together, how much did that make you guys kind of bond and, and, and build kind of character amongst you? I mean, so much. We did everything together. We went to practice. We went to eat during the summer. It was just, for a long time, it was just the five of us. Right. Um, and so the, everyone fit in my car, so <laughs> we just did everything together. Um, it was kind of an issue in the beginning when the freshmen got here because it, there was a little bit of a separation with us who were the returners and then the freshmen and the newcomers but um, after we got used to each other there was no such clicks and it, it, we got we all got along really well. For you as an older player as a leader did you kind of look at yourself as that being an important part of your job was to to bridge that? Yeah absolutely um, I know that it can be really intimidating as a freshman coming in not knowing anyone and they had already told us, like, we know what you guys went through last year. It's obvious that you have a really close bond, but we want to, like, be as close with you guys as um, the returners are. And we were like, we absolutely understand. And we tried to bridge that gap as best we could. Is, is there, how much did last year give you guys a certain amount of toughness that, that, that really would be hard to acquire in, in other ways? Well, Coach Verdi loves to make you feel uncomfortable in terms of pushing you outside any comfort zone you have, pushing you past your limits, making you push past walls. So having no subs um, in, in games and in practice, you're just going all the time. So you're getting used to fast pace all the time, not a lot of breaks, and just trying to support each other through all the running and sprints and sure. tough stuff we had to do. Did you have to... Did you have to conserve your energy at certain in certain ways in games last year because of that, or in or be at times maybe less aggressive to avoid fouls? And do you not have to do that anymore now that now that you've you've got backup? Um, I think in the beginning of the season, it was um, a problem with my fouling where I had to kind of pull back a little and learn how to play better defense. But in terms of conserving energy during games, I, I think that we tried to leave it all on the court the best we could because we knew if we went hard, we would maybe get a break in practice or the day off the next day. For, for you personally, you last year was kind of a breakthrough year, and, and um, you, you feel like starting this year you're a different person than you were at this point a year ago? Yeah, for sure. I have so much more confidence. I'm a lot stronger. Um, I've been working with Coach Hughes a lot more. I feel like my post moves are a lot more developed, so I'm really excited and confident about it. Does that does that kind of leak into other areas of your existence when you're when you're that much when you're confident and and lack of a better term proud of yourself as a basketball player? Does does that kind of make everything about being you that much better? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I always say like if if basketball is going good, my life's going good. So <laughs> that that must uh, does the possibility of this year being that much more make you that much more excited than if basketball is, could be going even better this year? Are you yeah. that excited? For... Absolutely, it makes me so much more excited. What um, 
What do you, as far as your new teammates go, what, what kind of dimensions, what kind of things can you guys as a group do that, that you couldn't do a year ago? Um, well, we have people that can score on all three levels, meaning like driving, shooting, um, and I think that there, there's always going to be five people on the court that can score. It's not going to be up to two or three people like it was maybe last year. Um, we have already a lot of like vocal leaders in the freshmen, and um, sometimes it might be hard for them to grasp some of the defensive um, mechanics that coach puts in, but they're willing to work through it, and they're very persistent, so it looks really good. Do you find yourself teaching? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the One other post that we have, Alexia, she's she came in a little bit timid, but I can already see her so much more confident um, working in the post with me and Coach Hughes, and it's really like impressive to watch. When you were a freshman, who did you listen to? And Kim Pierre-Louis, she was like my right. idol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still try to play like her today. Do you find yourself in some ways, are you saying to Alexia, Alexia, um, the same things that maybe Kim said to you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to... Because Kim was just such a positive person all the time. Right. That's what I try to um, enforce with Lexia. Like, always be positive. Like, shake... If you have a bad play, shake it off. Get to the next one. Keep keep working. Is... um, You feel like... You saw double teams yeah. last year. You, you feel like that maybe not as much this year? And how... Is that... Is that... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it might still be a possibility, but I'm excited that I'll have more shooters that I can pass out to and maybe take some pressure off of me in the post. People think of point guards as, as needing to kind of learn, all right, who to get the ball to where, but if you're seeing double teams, you kind of have to have similar mentality, mm -hmm. I would think, to, to kind of know who to, th who, to, who, who to throw it to and where they're going to be mm -hmm. most comfortable, where they're going to be most successful. Is that something that you... With a bunch of new teammates, is that part of kind of the mental the mental yeah, process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, coach really emphasizes communication. He says that communication saves a lot of um, mistakes. So um, I've seen it a lot recently in practice where if I'm getting double teamed by our practice players, someone in the corner will scream my name like, double Maggie, and I'm able to like, I don't even have to really look. I just know they're there, pass out to them, and she'll hit a three. You like that? Yeah, you, I love that. <laughs> you like, do you like the mental part of the game as, as well? Yeah, it, it really helps me grow as a person like on and off the court. How much do you go into this year if you're seeing double teams now? You kind of just know what to expect and, and what kind of the, the tricks are to get out of it? Yeah, um, I think that, as I said, working with Coach Hughes, my post moves have really developed over the summer. So um, I'm learning to read defense better and know when to take it to the basket myself and when to pass out to my teammates. Specifically, how did you spend the summer? What things did you work on? How did you? Um, well, definitely got a lot stronger. That was our biggest thing, that they wanted me to live in the weight room. Um, and, you know, like, my favorite post move is the up and under, so, like, I've been working on that a lot. I worked on um, outside shots, just trying to... At first, we thought I was going to be a four this year because we had some post, more post players coming in, so they were trying to develop me outside the perimeter. But it turns out that I'm still going to be mostly playing the five, so I kind of have that facet of my game developed a little bit more. Do you care which, which of the two? No. I mean, I love being in the center, but if they need me out there, I'll be out there. Is it something... Uh, is, do you ha Is it take a certain personality to sort of like 
being a center, like the contact, like the, the grind of it? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you got to know that you're going to be pushed around and maybe have to work for the ball yourself because if your guards aren't really passing, you're going to have to get your own rebounds and stuff. But um, that's what I love about basketball. That's all I really know my whole time playing basketball as a center. So I've grown to love it. Is, there, is that is that fit your personality as far as that you, you like the grind? You yeah, like the, the, <laughs> definitely. Is that, what, uh, is that something what, – what happens inside the people that are just watching casually? I mean, how much – elbowing how much uh, like yanking on each other's yeah. you know like pants and things I mean how, yeah. how much is going on in there that no, people don't see it's there is a lot and there's a lot of talking that goes on in the post but <laughs> I try to ignore it um and it is a lot of like the refs not calling stuff <laughs> that makes me frustrated but I have to keep my my calm I'd like to be a Calm player, so I just gotta go to the next play. Are you a talker yourself? Can you, you know? No, no, no. I like to keep it quiet. <laughs> um, do you have to learn refs? Uh, uh, you, you'll see some of the same refs over and over again. Yeah. Do you have to learn which ones, what the, what you can get away with? What? Um, I guess you could say that um, we kind of know, like going to the game, and we see the refs while we're warming up, like oh, this, this one likes to call a lot of fouls, like, this one's very nitpicky. And also there's a there's a lot of rules that were implemented this year, like the three-second rule, I have to have both feet outside the lane, so that's going to be kind of tricky for me. But um, I, I know that there's this one ref named Maggie where Coach Dolly would always be screaming at the ref named Maggie, and we'd be like, is she screaming at me? Is she screaming at the ref? So, kind of funny. <laughs> Did you and Maggie the ref yeah. kind of laugh about this? Yeah, we always laugh when we see each other. <laughs> That's kind of, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Do you feel like, you feel like right now that this program is in kind of its foundation period that that, that you guys are are building, kind of setting the standards for what it's going to be? Yeah, definitely. I think that last year was supposed to be considered the foundation year, but there was a lot of people that weren't completely on board. But I think that this year everyone's on board, so it's really like getting things moving. You you like you like feeling like. That in, in some ways between you and Leah and and Haley and things that that uh, that this program is on some level being built on your shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it may be like it might seem like there's a little bit of pressure there, but I think that we all want to set up the foundation for the years to come, like. We're all very, like me and Leah being senior was, seniors, we're still very involved with the recruits because mm -hmm. we want good people to come here. Like, even though we're not going to play with them, we want, like, hardworking people here. So we're very, we're still very invested in that. Is, is that, uh, you're from Massachusetts and things, is, is, is seeing UMass women's basketball kind of take that step? Is that, is it, is it feel like that, uh, that you can see where it's going now? Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um. I mean, it, it was always, like, cool for me to be able to represent Massachusetts as a basketball player and to see, like, where this place, where this basketball team could go is really, like, encouraging. What, uh, first few games, what, what, what do you want to see? What is the, what do you want to see the team do? How do you want to see things? Like, what would indicate, hey, we're on the right track? Well, our goal this year is to be the fastest and strongest team in the A-10, and I think that we want to keep that, um, Pre like pre-conference games too so um, we want to be able to push the ball 
We want to be able to out-rebound our opponents. And um, as long as we can stay together as a team, I think that's what I'm looking for mainly. Is it something when you have this many new players this, uh, that it's as much how much better are you on December 1st than you were on November 1st and January 1st? Like, is for this team to to be what it's going to be, does it have to be kind of t- taking taking steps week by week, month by month, game by game, and to to pick up things, learn lessons as, as it goes? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Because um, it's not going to be smooth sailing. Like, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and we just, especially the newcomers, like, learning to get through all of the drama that comes with like college <laughs> basketball. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think they'll do fine. Will having early success kind of give you guys – will that set the thing chemistry-wise? Will, mm-hmm. that, will that kind of put you guys in the right place confidence-wise? Would, would having – getting off to a good start – every team in America obviously wants to get off to a good right. start, but, <laughs> but given the, the situation that you're in, does it feel like that, that getting off to a good start would go, would go a long yeah, way? Yeah, I think that's very important. I think that it would build everyone's confidence up. So, yeah. you, you feel like it's you, you feel like it's pretty well set for that yeah I think so yeah for your new teammates who, who uh, who's gonna surprise people who, who's who's somebody that uh, that people if, if they're coming to the exhibition game or if they're coming to some of the early games who, who should people look forward to, to seeing um, well our freshman Bree has really been impressing me um, she's like a naturally vocal leader on the court and um, she knows how to distribute the ball. She's very aggressive. Um, and then we have Henny, who is a transfer from a JUCO. She's very aggressive. Um, I, don't know, I just feel like Lex in the post with me. She's gotten so much better. Paige, she's she's kind of like, a, and I feel like when you look at her, you're like, okay. But then you see her on the court, and she's. She's aggressive, she plays hard, she goes hard. Um, everyone, Autumn, same thing, good shooter. Um, and then Vash, when she's able to play, right? she's going to be really good for us. She's so quick and has good handles, so I'm really excited about that. Is it, um, we're recording this on November 1st, uh, does it feel like this morning it was colder than it's been at any other point? Mm. When you walk out and it's cold, just feel like, all right, it's basketball season, let, let, yeah. let, let's, let's get after it. Yeah, definitely. Like I was telling you earlier, um, Henny, who's like originally from Venezuela, she looked at her phone and said 32 degrees, and she got so mad in the locker room. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, that's, that's that time of year. Like, it's basketball season. It does. It feels, it feels much more uh, wintry, like, yeah. like, it's, like the, the calendar t- turned both from October to November, but from, from fall to winter kind right. of at the... Uh, at the same time. Well, Maggie, thank you very much for, uh, for, for joining us. Good, uh, good luck this season. Thank you. All right, that's certainly a lot to keep track of. Matt, what do you have lined up? Where, where, uh, where are you headed? If you, uh, if you come to the Gazette Nets UMass Sports site, you will find uh, plenty of stuff being updated on a, on a regular basis between now and uh, the, the end of the week. Um, I will see uh, at least... Four games, probably five games, uh, starting on Thursday. Between I'll be at uh, UMass Providence Hockey um, on Thursday night. I'll be at both basketball games, I think, on Friday. I'll certainly be at, at, at the men's game, the, the women's game. I'll, I'll be there for at least part of it. 
uh, Saturday football at Fenway, and then Sunday UMass basketball, men's basketball is at Harvard. So you'll find uh, stuff leading up to those games. I'll have something on, on UMass hockey player Nico Rufo playing against his former team, Providence, for the for the first time. That'll that'll be uh, that'll be in on Thursday. Uh, something on Liam Cohen on, will be in Wednesday about former UMass quarterback Liam Cohen, who's the offensive coordinator at Maine, uh, getting excited about playing against against UMass. Plenty of uh, basketball stuff, plenty of, of football at Fenway stuff. Um, I'll encourage anyone that wants to follow my, uh, my Instagram account. It's, uh, I'm not as active as, as some on Instagram, but I'm planning on taking a lot of pictures from Fenway Park and, and kind of to, to give people, a, if you're not at the game, little things. What T-shirts are they selling? What, what kind of details and thing, things have they set the park up for? So you can count on me for a, a fair amount of that. I'm at Matt Votor DHG, which is also my Twitter handle. That's Matt, V-A-U-T-O-U-R, DHG. I'll be tweeting, I'll, tweeting a lot. I'm hoping to post a lot of things to, uh, to Instagram during that. So, so it's going to be a busy uh, it's been a busy week for me. It's going to be a busy week, but that, I like it. I'd much, much prefer that to the alternative. So it, it should be a, a fun weekend of UMass sports. I'm sure we wouldn't have it any other way. Thanks, Matt.